Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Oh, yes, aren't we pumped? We're all pumped. Uh, what was a fantastic weekend of AFL footy. Now, I'm going to throw out a question. Kim Hagdorn's just in the studio. I'll introduce Haggers in a moment on Monday night. I'll ask you a question, see if you've got the answer. Why was Gillan McLaughlin, the CEO of the AFL in Perth, to view Fremantle versus the Western Bulldogs, where you think he may have stayed in Melbourne to be part of of the uh, Collingwood-Geelong blockbuster. We've got the answer to that, so don't go away. And this is going to be breaking news here on Drive with Peter Vlahos as I welcome Kim Hagdorn. Now, Haggard's a very good evening Hello, to you. Pete. Hello, Peter. How are you? Everyone out there, I suppose uh, all Fremantle fans have taken one breath and now the, the, the heart is still be pulsing whether yeah. they're going to get to Melbourne or, or whether how far they're going to go. I don't discount Fremantle beating Collingwood on well, that's, Saturday. That's a general just, consensus yeah, at the moment, isn't it? I just think you'd have to... The way they went about getting themselves back into the game uh, after the Bulldogs went out to that 41-point lead, we'll come back to that, uh, the lead, and, and, and then... But just in, in summary, the way they got back into the game, I think epitomises the, the confidence that there is in this young group at Fremantle. Uh, and it was those young leaders that actually got them back. And the likes of Caleb Strong, best on ground, uh, clearly for mine. Uh, there'd be other rivals, mm. justifiably, but I think he was clearly my best on ground. In actual fact, in the in the four games over the weekend, Peter, I thought there were some standout best on grounds in each of the four games. I thought Lockie Neal on Thursday night was just amazing. Just an incredible finals performance. Uh, I thought Luke Parker, maybe Clayton Oliver, but Melbourne lost, so I'm going for Luke Parker as best on ground in that game, Sydney and Melbourne. Darcy Moore was best on ground for mine, even though Collingwood lost against uh, Geelong because he outplayed Tom Hawkins. Yeah. Plus, his clearance work was just incredible. And then Caleb, Caleb Sarong on Saturday night. Uh, but it was the way that they that Freeman got back in the game, this this gay abandon, this youthful exuberance of they just, nothing seems impossible to them. And that's how they seem to get back in. And even, I must say, and I have no witness to this, Peter, other than my own notes here that I can read from, when, when Fremantle with 41 points down, but then Jai Amos at the 12-minute mark took a nice little contested mark and had a set shot from 15 metres out. And hit the post. Yep. And then two minutes later, Walters plays on where he shouldn't have and mm. missed. I thought, Fremantle aren't out of this. It's a bit like, I liken it to drop slips catches. And it was when you, if you keep dropping them in the slips, well, just keep nicking them because sooner or later we're going to catch them. And now I thought, Fremantle, if they can get close, there was too much time left in the game. At the 14-minute mark of that second term, you thought, well, they don't have to kick two or three and get that defence of theirs working, which has been their, their cornerstone all year, Fremantle's defensive back group of seven. It's a main six, and Walker plays his part through rotation. But that, they only had to get that into gear, and they did. And when you think that Young and Ryan... 
Ryan started a bit sluggish here, actually. Yeah. Well, didn't they all? He made some mistakes, didn't which is all? quite unconventional, and we and, don't used to see that from Luke and, Ryan. And but people, he got better as the game went on. Clearly. And people have said to me uh, throughout today, you know, how, how did one... We, we've seen how Fremantle won the game, how they got back into the game, but how the heck did they get to be 41 points down? Mm. And I, I think you'd have to say that the, the first 35, 40 minutes of the game that the Bulldogs just dominated around the ball, got the inside 50 entries, and, and they were making the most. There were field goals, there were running goals, there were snapshots from the likes of Bontempelli, but their key forwards were also non-involved, and that's what I also thought. If their defence can tighten up and Brayshaw and Sarong and Brody can get working, uh, Fremantle can get back into this. And I thought, well, they might be a few goals down by half, three or four goals down by half time, but they're still going to be around about the place. I thought, oh, this is going the yeah. whole way. But they got control. So early... The answer to what happened was that the Bulldogs won their game, but their defence is always just so vulnerable, mm. isn't it? We said that on Thursday night. Yeah. And that's how Fremantle got back into it, particularly with their defenders winning and, and, and running the ball out wide. It's Fremantle's preferred game, and it could be the sort of game that could get Collingwood as well. All right. I think unlikely, but it could. It could be uh, certainly a fantastic uh, game. We've got two big ones, Melbourne against Brisbane, of so, course, Collingwood against Fremantle. Now, Haggers, we want people to get engaged in the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line. You can call 13 12 55. Now, I, I teased at the top of the program that Gillam McLaughlin was in town and was cited, uh, of course, at the game between the Western Bulldogs visiting Fremantle here at Optus Stadium. And many thought it was surprised that he was here and maybe not at the MCG as part of the 91,000 there where it was Collingwood against Geelong. In the standout final, when you look at the crowd and the opponents uh, on Saturday, he was here for a reason. And there's been a lot of speculation on why he was here. And you've got to the bottom of it, Hags. Yeah, Peter. Look, the AFL heaviest hitters had good cause to celebrate, didn't they, on Saturday evening? Uh, it was it was an outstanding start to the finals. Forty three points total was yeah. the spread between the four the four games. So they they had a lot to celebrate. The likes of Gillan McLaughlin, Richard Goiter, and Kerry Stokes. They kicked on till after midnight in their corporate box at the, Did at the stadium. After midnight, celebrating, confirming the new broadcast rights is my understanding. Mm -hmm. So the television broadcast rights, still two years away to for conclusion for the current agreement, but my understanding is the celebrations in their corporate box with the AFL heaviest hitters on Saturday night was, was congratulating each other, appreciating each other, because Channel 7 and Fox will continue as the broadcast rights holders for Australian rules football beyond 2024. The details of how long I haven't been able to glean the, the, the suspicion is five years beyond 2024 mm -hmm. that we will continue. This is where it, it becomes valuable, I think, to all of us with traditional coverage from Seven and Fox. I know Fox, you have to have a subscription, but it is growing, but you're going to get your free to wear. So the agreements will be pretty much as as, 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 as they are. Them. Yep. Because there was a... But more a, money, more money from There was a Seven bit of concern about the free to wear coverage in states like Western Australia and South Australia. Yeah. Uh, your uh, understanding is that won't change. What we've seen in the last few years will remain. The best that I can get. The best that I've been able to get, Peter, is that, let's repeat, that finally we have an agreement between seven, that's Kerry Stokes and Fox, with the AFL, Gillan McLaughlin, Richard Goiter, Kerry Stokes, AFL administration, celebrated 
the conclusion of their negotiations for, that have gone on for years but for the broadcast rights from beyond 2024. It was done here in Perth on Saturday night at this glorious stadium that is ours. And that's why Gillian McLaughlin was mm. in Perth, Peter, because Kerry Stokes and Richard Goyder were here as well. They had to finalise that deal and they celebrated till well after midnight on Saturday night here in Perth. Okay, good on you, Hags. Thanks for that. And as we know, the current arrangement is, I think that Channel 7 have the access to three games per weekend and Fox the other six games. Is it four? I was under the impression it was three. Friday, Friday night, night, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Saturday and night, Saturday night, and Sunday. I thought it was four, Pete. But yeah. you, you're probably you're the TV man. Well, I'm not really. I'm on radio here. But I was believe I thought it was under the impression of three and six. But we'll, I'll stand to be corrected. We'll check on that. Tempera Bedshed text line zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six or the Scarborough Toyota open line thirteen twelve fifty five. So the deal was done. And the uh, champagne corks were popped yep. on Saturday night after the Dockers win. I'm surprised you weren't there. You were oh, here no, calling the game no. on your way out. They would have said, oh, Mr. Vlahos, call yeah. in. Come in. We're celebrating well, the new broadcast rights. Well, you've jumped. I read an article in the national newspaper today uh, in the media section. Uh, this is the Australian suggesting that it may go that way and possibly there could be an announcement by the weekend. Well, well you've I, jumped that. It, you've, you've announced it here on the Drive program. And we've got to be very careful because my informant said to me, I don't think Channel 7 will like this being announced before they announce it mm. with the AFL. And I said, look, look, I'm only on Monday night. I can't wait in case it's announced early before mm. Thursday. I was uh, told that it could be announced by on Friday, possibly at a press conference before the Melbourne-Brisbane yeah. uh, game. Yeah, so, so actually at the MCG, you mean? So in yeah. that the official AFL function, I they won at every game. Yeah, and I think Gillian McLaughlin will put himself up at the MCG with a press conference with Richard Goiter, and they'll go from yeah. there. I'll tell you what else is breaking this afternoon, Peter, and I'm, I'm stealing your thunder. Willie Rioli from West Coast. I had him in notes here for, for our number one West Coast Eagles issue to discuss, but the boys are telling us Jimmy's been right across the, the breaking news around the country. I'm staggered that Willie Rioli has declared his intention to want to go to Port Adelaide. It's a four-year deal, better than the two-year deal he's been offered at West Coast. And I can see that from the money viewpoint. When If Willie Rioli's offered $450,000 a year for two years and then $550,000 a year for two years beyond that, so a four-year mm-hmm. deal. So correct my, my figures, but is that $2 million over, over four seasons? I think it is. Even that. West Coast was only a two-year deal. West Coast had put up with really only for the last two years not playing. This is a pretty ordinary act on behalf of Willie Rioli. West Coast won't be able to say that. I think a lot of other people will tiptoe around this decision from Willie Rioli to walk out on West Coast. As much as it's a better deal, West Coast had looked after this man mm. and his family. They'd done a lot behind the scenes, a lot. West Coast will never be able to reveal it all and never be able to say, we think this is an ordinary act. I think it is. All right. Let's go to Alex, who joins us on the Scarborough Toyota open line. 13, 12, 55. You can sell your car to Scarborough Toyota, any make or model, and they buy all makes and models and service all makes and models as well. Hello, Alex. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. Um, Haggis, your analysis of the um, Geelong um, yep. Collingwood game is quite interesting. But did you notice that um, Hawkins sacrificed his game to an extent by blocking... Darcy Moore in a lot of marking contests. Uh, even... Yeah, look, I, I, yeah. So you're defending Tom Hawkins, eh? I, I think. No, he, not, not defending him. Yeah. I'm just saying that he's part it. of the tactics. Yeah, yeah, which creates 
and room and for someone else, doesn't it? But I, I still think, I mean, Darcy Moore's attack into packs, I mean, I th- correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Alex, I think it was something like six intercept marks that he took. So let's call them four contested marks, one or two where they don't con- call it a contest. I, I like to, but mm. I thought his game was – I thought he was best on ground. But if you've picked up – and I did see Hawkins at times. I thought it was more that Hawkins had perhaps even been buffeted a little bit by Darcy Moore's body uh, efforts approaching the pack. I thought Darcy Moore's body work on, on Tom Hawkins, who's such a big, strong, powerful man, he usually – Buffett's blokes, his opponents out of the way. Tom Hawkins, doesn't he? I thought Darcy Moore stood up to that. But, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good analogy, Alex. But, uh, but, and I think that's to, the sort of person Tom Hawkins is. Yeah. He, he's, he's lauded for being a good team man. Good on you, Alex. I was wondering whether, uh, yeah, go on. I was wondering whether it's legal what Hawkins was doing. Oh, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. But I, I tell you what, Alex, you've probably triggered something else that I reckon Collingwood fans would be willing to jump on. I thought there was a lot of things that went on that didn't benefit Collingwood on Saturday that were illegal. I thought there, I thought if you tackled a man and he held the ball and made no attempt to get it out, it was a free kick for, t- for, for a good tackle. I thought if you were pushed in the back, I thought if you were held high like Ginevan tends to get, I, I thought Collingwood was a bit unfairly treated by the umpires yes. on Saturday. So that might be one you've picked up on as well, Alex. Yeah, here's Craig McRae, the Collingwood coach on the umpiring. Um, actually. I thought we, we didn't get rewarded for our tackles. I... I don't know. That's something we'll look at, and AFL will look at that. And I thought we had a lot, of, lot of awesome tackles that didn't get rewarded. And kind of funny that you, you know, run someone down for a bit hard, and then you don't get rewarded. But then someone just drags it in underneath you, it's holding the ball. Oh, that doesn't sit well with me. Mm. That's Craig McRae uh, after, of course, uh, the loss. Let's get a couple of texts before we go. Tom, who's on the Scarborough Toyota open line at thirteen twelve uh, fifty five, come and join us. Uh, Jack from Padbury says, "I was sitting in the crowd watching. Never lost faith." I said out loud that being that far down was just going to make the win that much sweeter. Go, Dockers. Young team oh, ready for evidence. sustained success. I want some evidence that that was said <laughs> at the 20-minute mark before they started the comeback of the second uh, term. Norman Kalgoorlie listening on 1611 SEN in the goal field. He says, Frederick awesome, Walter's awesome, Brasher awesome, uh, Switkowski's at... Uh, awesome and Caleb Sarong, awesomeness. Yeah, they were very, very good. Uh, they keep coming through. Jack of Balcata, Kim. There are rumours circling that Channel Nine have put in a huge offer for the AFL television rights. Have you heard anything? Uh, but well, uh, as you've just well, pointed I, out, but I think we've we've been. So who's what's the name on that one? Uh, that was Jack of Balcata. Jack, I think um, we, I think we've discussed it a little bit on air, but more so off air. My understanding is that Nine's bid was never serious and that and the AFL have continued to work with Seven and Fox with the endeavour to try to do the right thing by those that have done the right thing by, the, particularly Channel 7, by the AFL and, and Aussie Rules Football for 50 years. Mm, mm. So I, I don't know that Channel 9 was ever serious in this. Uh, I don't know anymore if, um, if, if that call... Uh, I think you've been across it too, Peter, uh, more so than I. Uh, I'm not surprised by the way that you've reported that Seven and Fox will continue their arrangements. Uh, we, who, who do we believe that Nine reportedly is saying Junior Early is joining Port while a Seven reporter is saying he's still not decided yet? So, but uh, let's Port's, take, let's Port's, take, Port's pretty strong at the moment. Let's take it a step it? further because... My understanding is the West Coast have known about this for at least a fortnight, that Willie Rioli was going to be asked to be traded to Port Adelaide. 
There's been Port, there's been Richmond, there's been North Melbourne talking with uh, Willie Rioli and his management. My understanding is from as recent as about half an hour ago, everybody that uh, West Coast have been aware that Willie Rioli was going to go for some weeks. Mm. We even talked about it last Thursday and I had heard that some players and Willie Rioli, Willie Rioli had said to some of his teammates, oh, look, I'll probably sign. That's not the case, and it's West Coast management have known about it for some time that he was going, and, and I'm I'm prepared to call it an ordinary actor. I, I think he owes West Coast a lot. However, it was only a two-year deal by seems from West Coast. It's a four-year deal from Port. Port Adelaide, I think, are pouring money on one or two of these players because Ken Hinckley's desperate to to be about the place at the end mm. of next year. If Ken Hinckley's involved in encouraging a player, let's forget about Rioli for right, right now. He's the one that's taken this this four-year deal at, at two million dollars over those four years. Ken Hingley's most important facet is 2023. If he doesn't have a good year, he's not there in 2024 when these bills are getting paid to a bloke who might not be earning it. Yeah, let's go to Tom at Bayswater, who's joined us on the open line at 13 12 55 for Scarborough Toyota. Hello, Tommy. Afternoon, gents. Haggis, I think you might be being a little bit... Maybe a little bit harsh there on uh, Rioli taking the deal. I mean, West Coast have got a well-publicised record of perhaps not always supporting the players under their regime when they've had to. And we're talking about a number of those ex-players that are pretty well documented. And they've built a reputation on being a ruthless club when they've needed to be to chase success. But I think that it can cut both ways. And it's not an ordinary act. It's just the commercial nature of football now. I think that um, West Coast, if they're going to live by the sword, at times they're going to die by the sword. Which which uh, you're indicating to me then, Tom, that uh, West Coast have pushed Willie Rioli. And no, what I'm indicating is, is that some of the past players they've had under their under their watch, particularly around if we're talking sort of early 2000s, who perhaps weren't given the sort of care and attention and pastoral care they needed, and I understand they're trying to change their culture, mm. but takes a long takes a long time for a leopard to change its spots. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Rioli's well within his rights to take the best deal for him and his family because West Coast have demonstrated the same, I suppose, attitude to their players over time when they've been chasing success. Yeah. So. No, I think that, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, a fair good call, point. Tom. Very good yeah, point. Thanks Very for your point. call, Tommy. But, Appreciate it. And look, and I think, don't get me wrong, four years to make $2 million as opposed to a two-year deal at West Coast. Well, let's say that's an extra million. Mm. But Willie Rioli's, he and his family in the NT are never going to see, probably. So I can see the commercial side of it. I think it's pretty ordinary that Willie Rioli, and also that this has taken so long. Why, why, why have we waited? Why have we been told numerous times that oh, Willie will probably sign? Uh, I, I think he has been given very good care and welfare over the last two years, especially when he hasn't played the game. Willie Rioli plays the two nineteen finals, the two twenty finals, fully fit and healthy and West Coast may not be in the plight they're in now. Okay, we're going to take a break. Come back with more in a moment. 18 past five, come and join us. Uh, we've got plenty more uh, SMSs to get through on the temper of bedshed text line 0487 736 736. Continue calling. Scarborough Toyota open line is open and ready for business. 13 12 55. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. 
It's all happening here in the uh, drive with Peter Vlahos Studios. Uh, let me tell you, uh, people are ringing, people are texting. We had that breaking news regarding the AFL TV rights. Seven and Fox will continue their relationship with uh, the AFL after Gillam McLaughlin met with the power brokers, of course, Kerry Stokes from the Seven Network and Richard Goiter, the chairman of the AFL, here uh, in the corporate suites of the Optus Stadium after the game between Fremantle and the Western Bulls. And as Hag says, it appears that they may have toasted a few champers and kicked on kicked into on the early hours well of the morning. Up, well after midnight. Okay. Now, just quickly, on the with the with the Rioli one, so he wants to go to Port. The Port's first, so let, let's look at how they trade for yeah. it. So Port have got to get a deal done now. And Lisa and Pete will come to you in a sec, by okay. the way. So Port's first pick in this upcoming draft is at pick number eight. Mm-hmm. You're not going to give up pick number eight for Willie Rowley, are you? Pick number 52 and 56 are their next picks, Port. Yeah. Because they gave their second round pick to West Coast last year in a, in a, in a trade of picks. Mitch Georgiades is the trade for Willie Junior Rioli. Mm-hmm. So West Coast and Rioli's management and Georgiades' management and Port Adelaide had better get together to get a decent deal done for Rioli. So if Willie Junior Rioli wants to go, West Coast have to say, that's fine. We were going to give him a good deal. We've given damn good service to him behind the scenes and his family over the last two years while he's been traumatised and troubled at times. We want something decent. Mitch Georgiades on the table. And then that's a worthwhile trade. Mitch Georgiades or something better than pick number 56. Okay. 52, 56. They, they'd have to give him give up something in the 20s. Okay, Lisa, uh, you're on the stage. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Pete. Hi, Kim. Hi, Lisa. Um, just just um, quickly, um, Pete, great call on um, Saturday night and an even better one yesterday with young Jimmy. Oh, no, he's a rising star, Jimmy. Don't worry <laughs> yeah. about that. Oh, goodness me. He's going to push one of you guys out of your chairs soon and be calling an AFL game, that young <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, no, quicker the better. Quicker the better. <laughs> <laughs> um, Taggers totally agree with everything you've said about Junior Rioli. I'm just totally over it. If he wants to go, just let him go, but make sure that they get something decent for him. And um, my best over the weekend, the players, mm. I thought Lockie Neal was, would have to have been, been the best of all mm-hmm. of the games Good over call. the weekend. Um, Road Bottom and Hickey, I thought for Swans, I thought they, they did a real good job. Strong, obviously, for Frio. And Gary Rowan, isn't he just fantastic in finals, that, um, oh. that guy? Just knows how, how to win games. Yeah, he certainly stood up at an important time. Not, I'm not so sure he knows how to win finals. He's, uh, his finals record is quite questionable, but he certainly dispelled that for mm. a couple of hours on Saturday afternoon and, and that big catch and goal, clutch goal to, to, right to give the, the lead. Right at the was fantastic. Uh, anything else, Lise? Because we've got quite a bit to get through tonight. Just, it's quite just busy. On, just quickly on Joy, Joy Amos, I had to eat my words after Saturday night's game because I questioned why would Frio bring in a player that has only mm. had one, one played one game and I tell you what, he um, he played so well, that young guy, you know, for what he's been through. So, um, yeah, hats off to him. And I think they, they should leave him in the team for um, against Collingwood next week. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll be there. Good on you, Lee. Thanks for calling the program. We appreciate I, it. I know. He, I th- I'd play Amos again. I, yeah. Absolutely. I think there's far more 
value in Amos. It's going to be his third game. The thing is about Jai Amos is that he's he's a healthy athlete. I mean, I know he's had his injury, but he's such a strong athlete. And I, I reckon he's just a born forward. He looks like a forward. He moves like a forward. He leads like a forward. He dummies back with the forward. He does the figure eights. He gets around. And when he takes his, his kick, whether it's a field kick or his set shots, you're pretty sure he's going to get it. Mm. So I'd continue with, with Jai Amos, absolutely. He's probably going to get a pretty heavy matchup if he plays this week. I reckon Maynard might be his yeah. matchup. Uh, you know, Nick Dacos, uh, who someone's got to watch him, I reckon, from Fremantle's viewpoint, so Schultz or someone. But uh, Amos plays ahead of Tabernard, far more value than I, I Matt saw, Tabernard. I saw Matt Tabernard down at uh, Peel last week, and, and he's really rusty. He's not there. You couldn't risk him in yeah. such a big game on Saturday to bring him back. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised, of course, if he's left out again for the second week in a row. Let's go to Peter at Ashby. Hello, Pete. How are you? Good, mate. Go Frio. Yeah. So, <laughs> I listened to the Melbourne game on uh, Friday night. Yep. And um, I query why anyone would want to give Luke Jackson $1.2 million to come to their team, particularly when it's Frio. Um, I'd be very disappointed if they did that um, because he didn't play at all well on Friday night. And if that's the best he can offer when it's a final and everyone needs to chip in everything they've got, um, I wouldn't have him at the club. Yeah, fair call, Pete. In fact, Haggins and I were discussing this before when we were sort of planning our show, and Luke Jackson seems at the moment a footballer lacking confidence. He's not producing the smarts and the uh, what he produced earlier in the season. And you made a valid point. Maybe all the speculation. After all, he's only a young boy. He's 20 he's years not, of he's age. He's not turned 21 yet. Yeah, so he's only 20. And there's been a lot said about Luke Jackson. Is it getting to him? Because as... Peter rightfully pointed out he was nowhere the other night. It, it has to be getting to him. And, I mean, we get ourselves ridiculed at times, Peter, for saying, oh, you're too far away. How would you know? You're not in the corridors. You're not in the four walls of the Melbourne uh, organisation. But what we're seeing is a player who's down on confidence. And my suspicion is, is he getting good management? Is he getting looked after? Melbourne seem resolved to losing him. They've, they've had talks with Brody Grundy from Collingwood to yeah. see if he might be their support ruckman or working with Max Scorn. That was very public. They admitted it. The coach admitted that they'd met with uh, Brody Grundy. They got caught and had to admit it. And that's how the AFL tends to operate. So there's that. So has Melbourne not put, are they not putting as much care as they normally would to, to a 21, 20 year old who's interstate? He's in, in Melbourne, away from his hometown. I, my suspicion is no, they've dropped off. It's not as intense as it probably would be if he was secure or talking more about staying than leaving. No, he, he looks like he's a shell of a player that he that we saw late last year, late during the finals last year and even the grand final. I mean, it was very impressive. We thought, oh, this kid's going to be anything. You're not thinking that right now. So you can see what the likes of Peter is saying mm. with some reservation as a, as a, you know, a strong purple heart person, a Fremantle person. He called him we a couple of times, I think. That. You can see where some Fremantle people are saying, do we really need this guy? But I say, yes, you must get him. He's a player with great potential. And we've a, seen that. And and you're losing Rory Long. And maybe yeah, you might be losing 
Griffin Logue. Okay, and maybe coming home is exactly what Luke Jackson does Absolutely. want. He wants that support network. He's better when he's got people, his family, and his good friends around him, and that delivers his best. And maybe at the moment he's feeling a bit alienated with what's happening over there in Melbourne. So uh, you don't lose your ability overnight, and we're seeing what he can produce. Hags, we're going to clear a break, and we're going to go through these texts. A lot coming through on Junior Rioli. Uh, we're going to focus on that. Uh, you can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text line, uh, 0487 736 736. Like Peter and others on the Scarborough Toyota open line, 13 12 55 for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Uh, great to see Ian Peterson and all the team doing so well uh, this year. Toolmart, the complete tool centre. They are, of course, for every tradie. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yeah, great to have your company here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Okay, let's go through some of the uh, temperate bedshed text line. Hi, Peter and Haggers. Flag Mantle has again risen. Jai Amos was a great inclusion. That's Mike, who's a big, big Dockers man. He loves it. Uh, Junior Rioli, of course, is very much uh, front and centre. Hi, Pete and Haggers. If Junior Rioli goes, what is his trade value? That's Tristan of Claremont. Well, you I sort of touched on that I a bit earlier. I did touch on it. Port, Port Adelaide's first pick in this coming draft is at pick number eight. They, their, their next pick is not till 52 and 56. They gave up pick number, or the, the, their second round pick to West Coast, and that turns out to be pick number 26. In my opinion, uh, at best... Willie Rioli would be a late first round or probably a second round pick. So mm-hmm. Port are going to have to work something with that, with their pick, they keep pick number eight, probably work somehow with 52 and 56, or they're going to have to trade players or whatever to get into the draft much earlier. So somewhere in the twenties, I would think uh, Willie Rioli, Junior Rioli would yeah. be worth yeah. uh, somewhere in the twenties. But I've also said West Coast should start with by saying to Port Adelaide, you want, Willie Rioli, we want Mitch Georgiades. Okay. Let's go to Nev of Albany. He's, he's contracted, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lads, West Coast are rebuilding, so losing uh, Junior Rioli won't uh, hurt that much. He's never going to be a superstar. We need midfielders, which he isn't to a mid. Well, it could be a blessing. That's Nev of Albany regarding, uh, it appears at this stage, Junior Rioli on his way to Port Adelaide. Totally agree. Absolutely, totally agree. Because I think... The last two seasons, while he's being looked after by West Coast behind the scenes, putting in a lot of effort with him, he's not fit, and I think he's overweight, is Willie Rioli. He would have had to have a huge summer to be anything like. But what, what, what people, I think judging him on what he looks like now, Port, and certainly what West Coast plans were for Willie Rioli, mm. were to be back what it was back in 2018. He was pretty valuable then. Okay, let's have a listen. This has just come through. This is uh, Junior Rioli on Nine News in Adelaide uh, talking to Corey Norris. Could you see yourself at the Port Adelaide Football Club next year? Oh, man, hopefully. We'll see how we go, you know. I see my manager can look after me, work out a good thing. Yeah, I'm not into the politics side of footy, man, so if I could, you know, set myself up and... Um, you know, for you know, for the rest of my life. This is a big decision for you and your family too, yeah. Definitely, mate. Definitely, I've been um, through through too much the last 18 months. So, yeah, I just want to kind of make the most of you know being in the industry I am now. What do you have to to weigh up from here? Oh, a lot of things. I've, I mean, a lot of this has been you know weighed up before I came back to footy. So, it's kind of been playing with me and my dad. It's just a bit slow that you know my dad's not here. You know, play the best footy. You got to be comfortable and. 
for me, yeah, I, I learned that when I wasn't playing footy that I was playing good footy, but I wasn't comfortable, you know, I wasn't stable. So if I could be stable and and I know I'll get the best out of my footy. Yeah, good get by Corey what? Norris from Nine News Adelaide there. Well, my first question is, it's been in play for some time. Mm. While West Coast have been looking after but, him and putting up with him behind the scenes. But you were but saying... He said, he just said then, this has been in place for some time. time. We've been working at it. And I want to be comfortable. Well, why can't he have that at West Coast? Mm. Okay, let's move on. Uh, that's... Uh, Robbo Brizzy says, G'day, boys. Great show. Love it. Will uh, Junior Rioli, for many years, has chosen a very selfish path in his actions. West Coast were furthest from his mind in his many indiscretions off-field. So why are many so surprised that he's considering his options driven by money? Oh, look. You're saying that the West if Coast he, If his offer is club, four years, mm-hmm. and we've, 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 we, we've discussed here, around about two million bucks, it's not anything... West Coast offers not even approaching that. Two years, less than a million a year, a million over the two. Logically, it's a business decision. But Willie Rioli has just said, by being toe-stopped with Corey Norris in Adelaide for Channel 9, this has been in play for a long time. Interesting. Okay. This There's is... more to it than, than just the money. All right. And he talked about being comfortable within yourself to play your best footy. And he hasn't been, he's indicating. Yeah. When your door stopped like that, it's sometimes very difficult when they ask you questions in your face, and that's the best he could do. But certainly uh, there was some home truths there. Okay, this is Paul. Port Adelaide could give up pick eight and get back uh, Rioli and pick 26. Is that a possibility? Give up pick eight and get back well, so they're, they're Rioli They're not going to give up pick eight to West Coast for Willie Rioli. No. no. no not, I don't think he's worth pick eight. But... Port are desperate if they're offering him two million bucks over four years to trump West Coast to get him because they need a big 2023 so that Ken Hinckley has one last shot at it while he's contracted for one more year. This is a big play to get a potentially very good player, but they'll have, they're gonna, he's going to have to do a training program mm. to be valuable for Port. They perhaps they must see him as the Robbie Gray yeah. replacement. They might give up pick eight, but I, I'm, I don't think West Coast are expecting pick eight to be offered. For Willie Rioli. Here's an interesting one, because I think you may have floated it uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, particularly after the Ben Rutten scenario at Essendon. There seems to be rumours circulating about the Bombers going all chips now to try and get Damien Hardwick, of course, after the Tigers bowed out in the finals in their first week. My understanding, Peter, is that there's the the power base that is tempting, uh, 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 that, that is re- trying to rebuild Essendon ha- has made contact once... Uh, Hardwick was out of the final, so mm-hmm. this must be over the weekend. But my understanding is the power base that is has been attempting to contact and communicate with Damien Hardwick. So very much so. He fits the criteria that they've talked about. High-profile, experienced. Well, experience, and a Hawthorne man. Uh, sorry, an Essendon man. He's an Essendon Premiership yeah, player yeah. Of, of 2000. He played 153 games between 94 and 2001 before he finished his career at Port, where he's a member of the Port Premiership team in mm. 2004. So he's got all what uh, the Essendon power brokers are talking about. My understanding, Peter, that the power base ha- has been attempting to contact, to communicate with Damien Hardwick and or his management. They were waiting till he'd finished his final. Okay, there you go. And Lisa from Elbrook also has uh, given us a bit of a tip-off with that as well. Norman Kalgoorlie, of course, is country footy grand finals happening. This is interesting. Norm says the Goldfields Football League, Kalgoorlie blitzed Mine Rovers but are disqualified for playing an unregistered player 
in the elimination final. Hang on, that was the grand final. Uh, was, it, was that the prelim? In the elimination final. So they're no, out. They played an unregistered player in the yeah. elimination final. Yeah, okay. so there you go. The team's gone. Uh, John of Woodvale says, give us Georgiades any day. Oh, I think so. I think if that was something that West Coast could uh, pull off on the, on the departure of Willie Rioli, uh, and West Coast will play it very diplomatically, very politically correct with the whole Rioli deal. Uh, it, it, it looks as though, on the surface, as though it's a it's a business decision that Willie's going to take an extra, probably a million and a bit dollars over four years to set himself up for the rest of his life, him and his family. Uh, in the meantime, West Coast have got to protect themselves by getting the best possible deal for, for his departure. And Mitch Georgiades will be on the... He'll be someone that West Coast will say right up front, the deal can be done if you give us Georgiades. We'll pick up his contract, mm-hmm. for instance. He's contracted for next year only, Mitch Georgiades. And he's a WA boy. And the kid can play. He's athletic. He's oh, healthy. Yeah. He's en- 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 enthusiastic, young. He's like like some of the kids at Fremantle that are helping Fremantle to where they are right now. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back with Dave of Greenmount, who's given us a call, plus uh, any uh, of the other uh, temperate bedshed text line comments, 0487 736 736. It's 17 to 6. Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hackdorn. Thanks to Ian Peterson and the team at Toolmart. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. It's coming up uh, 13 to 6. A big uh, story will be this week whether this fella plays for the Demons in that cutthroat semi-final on Friday. We're talking about Christian Petrarca. Here he is uh, on Channel 7. But I don't think there's any concern. I've got full faith and trust in the doctors. Laura, our doc's awesome, and Jacob and um, the physio. So I think it'll be fun. I'll be sitting in, the, in, my, in my pool at home for the last six hours. So um, oh, just get it moving, just recovery, um, ice baths and um, some spin bike stuff. Mm. So sounds, like, sounds like he's going to play. Um, and, and there's got to be some risk. They'll, they'll talk it very positively. Uh, he's just indicated there he's got full faith in the doctors. I mean, they're going to say he can play. I mean, he's clearly brave. It's a bit like uh, Nathan Fife mm. in, uh, in his last final, wasn't it? In 2015, he had that fracture in his leg. Uh, the longer the game went, the more obvious Fife was injured and, he ha- and had a break in his leg. You'd have to suspect that P- Petrarca can't be at his best if he's got a crack in his, in his leg, plus the calf. It's the calf... Uh, cork that will probably cause, you know, possibly even more uh, concern than than the than the uh, the fracture. One thing that that so, so it's quite con- contrasting there. Melbourne have got a worry with Petrarca, such an important player, Peter. But Brisbane get back Cameron Rayner and uh, and and Noah Answorth off suspension. Mm. Now they're, they're both pretty important tough nuts to the extent where Jared Lyons, who I'd be keen to play, he's it's no like guarantee. A, yeah, yeah. Would yeah. you, so would you bring back coin- Tom McDonald? He didn't play VFL last week. Well, is, I, he, is he an Nathan, option? I reckon Ben Brown's just a bit of a liability. Why not? Mm, mm. Ben Brown was poor, I thought, um, and he's offering not much. Uh, I, it's probably too big a risk. Uh, Tom Tom McDonald's just been out for, for you know, nearly four months, Peter, so too big a risk. One one thing that Melbourne do have their way is the Brisbane MCG who do. Mm. Uh, just... <laughs> It's just it's just going to loom so large. I mean, Brisbane have lost their last 11 at the MCG. They've lost 19 of their last 21 at the MCG. And Melbourne uh, have won eight of the last 10 over Brisbane. They've won the last four over Brisbane. That's a hoodoo that might, uh, might haunt Brisbane. However, we've seen this year and certainly in this final so far that uh, some of those sort of statistics can just be blown out of the water. Hi, Peter and Hags. Eagles, uh, can they get maybe someone like Carl Amon trade value from Hawthorne? Because he seems he wants out of Port yeah, Adelaide to yeah. go to Hawthorne. Yep. 
should maybe someone like the Eagles make a play? Or do you think he's just resigned to the fact that he wants to go back home? I think he wants to go to the money. Yeah. Well, go to the money. <laughs> for, for $2 million over four years as opposed to the two-year deal at West Coast. That, that, that's the number one reason he's moving. But we just heard him say there, in a moving, toe-stopped interview with Channel 9 in Adelaide as he came away from uh, facilities where he's clearly met with, with Port Adelaide people, as, uh, as Junior Rioli, the... He has indicated there this has been in the pipeline for some time because he wants to play where he's going to enjoy his footy. He's going to feel more comfortable playing. Well, why can't that be created at West Coast? Mm. If he's going to go, go for Georgiades. Aim on, of course. But West Coast have got a few of them. Yeah. Okay. Here's a little grab of Justin Longmuir because we're going to finish up on the Fremantle Footy Club. But this is what he said. It's already there because you don't come back from 41 points down, I think it was, without belief already there. So um, they've got a lot of belief in our footy. Uh, clearly we need to start better, but um, the belief's there. How much does that carry you, the belief? Well, well I think it's got to where it is. Yeah. And, and certainly from, uh, you know, like 10, 12, 15 minutes into the second quarter on Saturday evening, after Dunkley kicked his goal, a field goal, crumbing it, 41 points up are the Bulldogs. It was only the nine-minute mark of the second quarter. So there's plenty of time left for the likes of Caleb Sarong and Andrew Brayshaw to do what they do, and that's to rally these guys. Sean Darcy was better the longer the game went. I thought early, the first quarter, that uh, Tim English was pretty mobile, as we discussed last Thursday. They're going to have to respond and try to curb Tim English's athleticism around the ground. He's another midfielder. He wasn't after about 10 to 15 minutes into the second quarter. Darcy lifted. And then I just think also there was a couple of shocking turnover uh, from the Bulldogs out on the wing that raced forward for the likes of Walters to get his free, and then they kicked three more before half time. Four time on goals. That a lot was about belief that they their game, their preferred game, it's that get it, get it outside to the runners and run it quickly and have our tight defence ready to stop anyone coming back at them. Their 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 main four defenders, Fremantle on Saturday night, finished up with a, about a hundred, nearly 120 possessions between them. That's amazing. And 30 odd marks between them. Ryan Pierce only had six possessions because he was locked in on Norton, who was really poor, really poor. However, the delivery towards Norton and any marking potential, young Darcy, who had an okay first quarter. The Bulldogs' delivery was horrendous because of the pressure around the midfield, and that comes from Sarong and Brayshaw and Aish and Akers just playing the way they played all season. No, it was it, it they that can take them because it is belief, Peter. Okay, just before we go for tyre power, buy a three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car and SUV tyres at tyre power. I tell you, who's got belief? It's in a different sport. Is this bloke amazing? Um, I'm just glad I'm, I'm just glad I'm finally able to show New York, you know, my talent. Um, honestly, I haven't had many good trips here, to be honest. I've, I haven't played great tennis, so I'm really glad that I'm able to show you guys the work and, and the, the dedication. Finally, it took me 27 years. Well, he is 27 years old. Uh, he didn't start playing tennis when he was one. But anyway, that Nick Kyrgios is through to the quarterfinals at the US Open. Isla Tomlanovic as well on the women's draw. The Aussie through to the quarterfinals. Uh, a fantastic achievement. Just before we go, Hags, Never Valbany has got back. He's got the stats book out. Mm. He says, since 1989, no team has won a flag with a percentage below 115%. Collingwood this year is on 104. It says it's almost impossible. It indicates pies were... But lucky, and now that luck is running out. Oh, I think we saw that on Saturday, you know, and I, I think we've sort of said it over the you know last you know month or so of the season. Even I, I was staggered. I mean, they finished up winning what was it, eleven games, were by eleven points or less. I mean, that's they're, they're, those sorts of wins 
were probably not going to continue. When you also consider that they finished 17th last year, how how much does statistics show that a team finishes 17th one year, wins the premiership the next year? One thing I do say, though, even with the weekend, of the four games at the weekend, you know, two games were won with teams winning the contested possession numbers. Two games were won by teams that didn't win the contested possession numbers. I could keep going through statistics. One thing, is it Neville, you said from? Uh, Nev, yeah. Nev. One thing, Nev, a statistic like no team wins it from 115% or less. One thing that is really certain about this season is that statistics aren't necessarily going to help you win a game against the Geelong or Sydney. You're going to have to just have a hell of a lot of spirit and toughness and grit because this is a heck of a lot more than just statistics, this final series, because it's so open. Anyone can win it. Just repeating the breaking news earlier, Kim Hagdon releasing that Channel 7, the 7 Network, and Fox have... uh, Basically, been uh, have agreed to the deal with the AFL. Gillian McLaughlin met with Kerry Stokes and also Richard Goiter after the game uh, to finalise a deal after the match on Saturday night here at Optus Stadium. Hence why McLaughlin was over here. Haggers, just before you go, quickly, do you expect many changes for the Fremantle Dockers? No, none. Keep I, it I, as it is. Don't pick Tabiner. Fife, will, will, it'll be talked about. Won't play. Probably the same. I reckon O'Driscoll's got a bit of a hammy, though. Yeah. We keep an eye on him. He finished the game with his thigh heavily strapped. Good on you, Lee. Good on you, Jimmy. Thanks for joining us. I'll be back again tomorrow from 5 here on SENWA.